they must have thought that I was a huge, huge butthole. Like they're probably telling this story to their friends now being like, remember when that one Yankee dude came down and, and made fun of the way that we talked or whatever. I wasn't making fun of it. I just didn't understand it. So I was like, I squinted a little bit and I was like, do I want salt with that? And I got the deepest, gnarliest look from this lady. She gave me this look and she slowed down. She goes, do you want a straw with that? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. This is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyflex here for the uh, another version of the Hobbytown Hobbyflex show. I think we're working on episode 22 now, which is fantastic. And with me as always. This is uh, Will Brinton with uh, Will Brinton. I am here on the Hobbyflex show podcast and YouTube channel. And I've got I've got some things to talk about today. Oh, God. Uh, so, Tim, our, our general manager was on vacation this week. Mm-hmm. And not that that matters a whole lot. I think we can run the store with on him, but uh-huh. there's just some stuff I want to talk about. And I, I don't know. I'm going to have to, some of it I'm going to have to tiptoe around because we have some rules on this show that we got to follow. Um, okay. What are those rules? Was there, did you guys get a rule list? No, no, no we didn't get a rule list, but there's <laughs> generally speaking, no swearing. Damn it. Keep everything positive. Oh, that's basically the gist of it. Two rules. Otherwise we have pretty much a free reign on whatever we want to do, which we had a good weekend this uh, week. I should probably talk about that real fast. So Saturday we had almost 60 entries again. I know you weren't there cause you, did you have a wedding? I had a wedding I had to go to. Nice. I'm actually really happy that most of my friends are married. Well, it's not even like people I know it's people my wife knows. Oh, so it's like, eh, you know, I just got a free meal out of it. That's true. You know? Some yeah. cake, a couple of beers, you know, what the heck? One of the coolest things about your wedding was the Hertz donuts. Yeah, that's what we had for uh, cake. Cake was donuts because yeah. we had a brunch brunch wedding. And that was awesome. I'm, I'm sure if there is any any uh, women listening to the show, they're going, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. <laughs> it was like all my wife's idea. Because like any anybody that we tell, like, oh, yeah, we had a brunch wedding. You know, we got it over with in the morning and then. Like hung out all day. Yeah. Uh, anybody I tell that to, that's a that's what their wife always says. Is, oh my god, that's such a good idea. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, but we still had what did we have? We had uh, multiple heats of mod buggy, thirteen five wheeler, and expert stock this week. And uh, so we had lower mains and all that. I'm starting to put uh, put the thirteen five thirteen five four wheel drive A main B main up last night in the middle of end game when I was watching that and then I'll try to get the other ones up tonight at some point, I'm going to start on my new car, which we can talk about here in a minute too. But, uh, for me, it's really satisfying. You basically had two straight months of solid club racing. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened in the summertime for a really long time. Especially on a Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Last year, Friday nights were strong. Friday nights are still strong. We still had, I think we had 43 entries again on Friday. And uh, most of them were Plex specs. So, I mean, if you combine the weekend again, it was about a hundred entry weekend, which is, which is perfect. And that's why we split it up into two days, man. I just, it makes my heart happy. Here's the weird thing. So we're going to, we're going to race Friday, but we're not going to race next Saturday because it's July 4th. Mm-hmm. Then there's a summer series race, July 11th. So of course we're going to have a big turnout for that. I'm not worried about it. The following weekend, we're having the Tamaya makeup race for regionals. Okay. So f- for off-road, we're off on and then off again. Jeez. I always pick the worst times to take a weekend off. Yeah. I was thinking that I take one off and I lose three. You can come Friday. I think Vanderbeek said he's coming Friday. I could. Well, no, I'm not. I can't come on Friday. We're going camping. Oh, okay. and that new camp that he used. All right. Well, I think that's a fair excuse. So you just got a new camper. Why don't you tell people about that? Cause that's pretty interesting. Yeah. We got a new camper. It's a 20, Two foot camper. I just bought a, a Silverado too to pull it with. Yeah, it, it's really nice. Has a big slide out, just like a big room. Did somebody buy your four wheel drive yet? No, not oh. yet. Four wheel drives on uh, Facebook. There's a guy that's really interested, and he had. He said he has to like 
he has like some invoices he has to do before he can buy it. Mm. I was like, okay, well, cool, man. You know, yeah. Let me know when you have the money and I'll chip it. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I was like, hey, what a coincidence! Will just sold his ruckus and he's and he sold his four wheel drive and then he buys a he, he buys a camper. Yeah, the thing is, is I really just enjoy racing one class. Right. Like you get to try stuff, and I as in depth as I get with setups and things like that. And I, I'm not saying I'll not have another four wheel drive at some point. I just, I just enjoy racing one class. It's just easier. Like I just, I'd rather be really good at one thing. Yeah, you know. So, speaking of that, I raced a thirteen five four wheel drive again with the new Losi car. Man, that new Losi car is really good. I mean, it really is. I barely touched it. Actually. I did have a little problem with it though. And I, I asked some other guys at the track, like Aiden, I think Joe Snows, and they hadn't ran into it before. So I must've done something wrong. I'm sure. But the front sway bar like crumpled. So it, it, uh, it bent and then it was rubbing on the dog bone. So I straightened it out and I put it back on and it did the same thing except on the other side, but, but it was already, when I put it back on, I actually flipped it anyways. And so after the second time I'm like, well, okay, fine. I just took the whole thing off. And I put a really hard front spring on it and my car mm-hmm. was really good. Really? Yeah. Huh. Really, really good. So. Well, and like back, back to my four, four wheel though, like honestly, I don't have to sell it. Like I could just let it sit, but I'd rather just let somebody enjoy it. Yeah. You know, so there's another car racing. Yeah. But with that, with the $700 seed money, I'm probably going to buy a Honda monkey. And if you don't know what a Honda monkey is, you need to Google it. Because those things are bad to the bone. They had four of them at Dillon Brothers. And when Emerson and I went and looked at bikes, they had four of them up there. Did they have a blue one? Oh, man, they I don't remember red. the colors. I want a yellow one. All I remember is going Emerson. Mm, no, not yet. Yeah. I want a yellow one really bad, but they only made those in 2019. So if I could find a yellow one, I'd be really happy. But and if I had to pick between red and blue, I would want blue. But those are kind of hard to find too. Yeah. So I don't know what colors they have. Maybe to find I'll go back and look one. for you. I'll go back and look for you. See what they have. Okay. I'm still kind of thinking about the scooter they had. Oh, the the super cub. Yeah, I could probably swing sixty bucks a month extra. Yeah. On top of what I already pay for my truck. So, dude, a, a monkey is the same price. I know. Let's get a monkey. I'll think about it. I'm you not, know what I mean. I've never owned a motorcycle or anything like that ever, though. So I would have to learn how to ride it. It's a mini bike. I know. You know, with that and with that injected 125, there's like no maintenance. Like you don't have to do anything. You just run it. I'm clearly not an engineer, so uh, I am uh, uh, not good at maintenance, as everybody yeah. probably knows by now. It's not one of my things. Oh yeah. Attention, Hobbyplex podcast listeners. This is a friendly reminder that host Alex Sturgeon is not an engineer. Thank you. <laughs> just looking uh, real quick. Our turnout was great. It just makes my heart happy to see club racing kind of make a comeback because the Plex did pretty good for the three months that we were down with no racing. Mm-hmm. But club racing is still just really important. It's important to have people come out and get together and and, and talk to one another and watch each other drive and, and learn how to drive with different people that that drive differently than you do. and and on all that stuff. And then you can move on and go to that big race, you know, every once in a while. So mm-hmm. James Nelson is on our live stream and uh, he's like, I'm definitely getting a monkey. He hasn't bought one yet. I thought he had I bought one. You and him should, should hook up anyways, just cause your beards, you both have yeah. almost the same beard length. You could be, you could be make up some uh, scooter name with beards. Like, yeah, I mean, so me and my buddies that ride here in Lincoln, for everybody that uh, is, is friends with me on Facebook and has seen my po- post, the 16th Street Scooty Boys, because we all li- live on 16th Street, or at least me and my neighbor do. The other guys don't, but it's still funny <laughs> to call it that, the 16th Street Scooty Boys. <laughs> so anyway, I just ride the Zuma, and uh, my neighbor has a Honda Spree, which is, if you've never seen one, a like... Spree. Yeah, there. I mean, it's pretty slow. It's it's vaguely familiar. It's so tiny. You might have seen one. 
top speed is like 27 miles an hour or mm. something like that. But it's pretty cool. That's like my speed. That's what I wish should ride. Yeah. Real quick, because there's two things that I think I, I want to bring up. The first one is that I think I found a race I want to go to. And I think I have my wife on board, which is crazy because that never happens mm-hmm. when it comes to a race. When we come to vacation, that's different. But uh, BHRC has that Masters of Dirt race that they had um, last year. And it's October 22nd through the 25th. I think those are the right dates. Something like whatever that weekend is in October. Mm-hmm. So that happens to be, again, Emerson's birthday weekend. And last year I tried to go to the Monster Energy Cup because it was on the same weekend. And then yeah. um, we didn't have enough money to go. So it was just like one of those things where we're like, well, maybe next year. I looked at airplane tickets and it's fairly cheap to go. We thought about driving. It, we're, so we're not exactly decided yet on how we're going to get there. But it's in it's Myrtle Beach. Beach RCs, it looks like it's like a mile away from the actual ocean. So I think it'd be awesome to go to that one. Yeah, Andy, he got, or I don't remember the last time he went, but him and uh, his wife, Kelsey, always went to Myrtle Beach for vacation. Yeah. They love it down yep. there. Yeah, so totally. They always drive. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, not, or it's not undoable. You know? I've, I've never been to South Carolina. I came close. Uh, so Gretchen and I went to the 2001 Florida Winter Champs with Chris Catlett and we mm-hmm. drove and we took Chris's mom's Oldsmobile four door something car and poor Gret, we had a easy up that didn't quite fit. So we had to put the seats down and slide it through the back trunk. So my wife, not my wife at the time, we were still dating then uh, fairly early in our relationship too. She volunteered to sit in the back the whole time. Oh, wow. On seats that weren't a seat, the seats were down. So she actually stayed back there with all of our stuff piled in the, in there too. And we drove through, where did we go? I think we started, of course we went to St. Louis, then we went to like Tennessee and then through Georgia and then down to Florida, down to Lake park. And, uh, (laughs) I got to tell a story I was thinking about on the way here. It's so funny. So we get to Atlanta, Atlanta's wall to wall traffic. Right. And then there's like this detour. So this detour takes us off of the interstate and through a side road. So it's like if you're going to Lincoln and you've got Interstate 80 and then you have uh, Highway 6, which is right beside it, almost parallels it for a while. That's mm-hmm. what it was like, right? Okay. So we, we, uh, we take this road. It's a detour. So everybody's on it. Everybody's on it. We decide to stop at a Dairy Queen. There's, we saw a Dairy Queen. We go in and you got to remember this is... Georgia, like this was deep Georgia. The people serving us, we could barely understand a word they said. <laughs> and that's not to say that, that the way they talk is bad or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I just couldn't pick up on it. So, <laughs> so they hand me this, this, they're getting ready to hand me this blizzard. And the lady's like, um, do you want to with that? And I'm like, looking around, I'm like, what? You want to strong with that or saw with that? And I'm like, I looked at her, like, I think about it this now. And I think to myself that they must've thought that I was a huge, huge butthole. Like they're probably telling this story to their friends now being like, remember when that one Yankee dude came down and and made fun of the way that we talked or whatever. And I wasn't making fun of it. I just didn't understand it. So I was like, I squinted a little bit and I was like, do I want salt with that? And I got the deepest gnarliest look from this lady, white lady, by the way. So don't, don't nobody go there. She gave me this look and she slowed down. She goes, do you want a straw with that? And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And you're like, hell yeah. Can I have two? Can I? Yeah. I would love a straw. Thank you very much. Can I have a crazy straw, please? (laughs) (laughs) And then I, then I ran out the door with my tail between my legs because I felt bad. Oh, I felt like a moron. Why? I don't know. Cause it's, I, I, I don't know. And just, and the other thing that was weird when I went down there was they, they called everything Coke and I, it's, that's, oh, yeah, it, that's, that's a so Southern, annoying. yeah, that's a Southern thing. Yeah. And for the Coke. Yes. Or it's more like, I am out. So I'm ready to go back, but, yeah. man. I'm ready to go back. I'm excited. You know what classes are going to, they, they ran last year. They ran the, uh, basically the INS classes. So they had, uh, they had 40 plus two wheel drive mod, which is all for me. Cause I'm old now. And then they had open mod Remember, They had pro mod oh, yeah, and yeah. open mod. 
So I could run 40 plus and open mod with my mod buggy and then 13, five wheeler. I think I'm on board with that class. Yeah. The next J concepts race I'm going to, I'm definitely running open mod. Yeah. I didn't even know that was an option when we were in St. Louis. I was so mad. Yep. Heck I could run, I could just double class one car. Yeah. That's what Emerson and I are going to do. So I'm going to look into it more, but look out people. We're going to make a road trip down there uh, this year. So that'll be great. They had like 280 entries last year. It was a good race. Oh yeah. No, that looks like a good one. And the track always looks really good. Yeah. It's real square, but the surface looks really yeah. good. I think, I think they run slicks. I think silver slicks. Just like everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I got another one for you. This is something I was thinking about this week. I think lay into me if I'm, if you think I'm going in a really strange direction, uh, we'll get to race results at some point. Um, but I think that, uh, is it Finland and, and Sweden and Israel where they have like, is it cons- conscriptatory? What's the word when you, when you force people to do something anyways, mm-hmm. when they're young men and women turn 18, they have to join the military. It's required. Right? Oh, yeah. For like two years or whatever. Right. Okay. I think in the United States of America, I think that every single person, regardless of race, creed, color, economic background, anything, I think every single person when they turn 18 should be forced to work retail for three months minimum. I think a lot of this world's problems would be solved if that got put into effect. I can see that. Conscriptatory. I think that's the right word. Retail service. Think about how many doors that could open up. People would, you know, maybe they like doing it, right? That would never think about doing it. You get that um, stereotypical butthole, prissy white girl that wants to smack somebody at Starbucks in the face for for not putting enough squirts in their coffee or whatever. Make them run work at Starbucks for three months. And then hopefully it creates a little bit more empathy with how people treat people in the real world. Yeah. I mean, good luck finding a job. What do you mean? No, I mean, do you think there's enough jobs for everybody to work a retail place? Yes. You think? Yes. For three months? All right. Instead of retail establishments going out and trying to find people to work, they're just, they just go, okay, we got this person for three months. We got this person for three months. But anyways, but the idea is that if people worked and it's just, it's a real job. Like if everybody had to work a real job and not just these backdoor unpaid internships or, or no job at all, where they just get loads of money for nothing or, or they don't know how to work. This could also be an improvement on, on society period where somebody didn't know how to work, but it's mainly for me. It's mainly how people treat people. You could do it like how you're supposed to do so much community service to Mm -hmm. graduate from high school. Kind of the same deal. Yeah, totally. Instead of community service, you have to do service industry. Yeah. Same thing. Most of my, (laughs) most of my political leanings originate from the five or six years that I worked in a grocery store Mm -hmm. because I saw a lot of abuse of, of, of programs. I, Mm -hmm. and I worked all over that place. I worked, I worked, you know, a meat counter. I worked up front. I checked out, I was a stock boy, all this stuff. Yeah. So so most of my, most of my personal political, you know, leanings, which I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those guys that goes on Facebook and, you know, reposts memes from any, you know, viewpoint or anything like that. I'm not one of those people. In fact, I deleted some more people this week because of that unfriended altogether. Yeah. I've been doing some deleting Yeah, as well. But, uh, but most of that came from that. That's why I have certain viewpoints on, on things. And I don't know today, this week, it just got weird. Like this poor guy had a problem with a servo. I was bummed out initially because he had a problem with the servo. And instead of bringing it into us, to possibly try to get it warrantied. Well, I'm not going to say the manufacturer or anything like that, but he just came in and bought another one and didn't tell anybody about it. If he would have told us about it initially, we mm-hmm. might've been able to steer him either a different direction or at least try to get the problem figured out. So he bought another one that did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm at a loss as to why it did. Both servos did what they did. I've been told that why, but I've also had firsthand experience that, that doesn't always fit. What happened to the servo? Well, it got really hot and basically burned a hole in the top of it in the plastic case. Is this in a ground vehicle? It's in a, yeah, it's in a surface vehicle. And if hmm. you look on a lot of Futaba servos, okay, there it is, Futaba. 
But anyways, mm-hmm. a lot of Futaba servos have on their packaging, it says analog only, mm-hmm. which it does. Oh. I get that. Okay. Right. But I've used this specific servo in many, 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 many different systems, including digital. And I've never seen this before. So I don't know if something changed or I never really got a good look at the vehicle to see if maybe something was bound up or maybe the endpoints weren't set or, you know, anything like that. It was just a regular Traxxas radio. So I can't imagine that having some sort of speed where it causes a, an actual flame to come in the middle of it or to, or to cause it to actually burn out like it did. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like it smokes and burns a hole or does it melt a hole because the motor gets so hot? It it literally had a melted hole. It was more like the motor got really hot. Probably a analog servo trying to hunt for center all the time, being given digital inputs. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've used that servo myself with, with uh, spectrum radios. They were all in digital. Hmm. I don't know. Wasn't there a setting for that though? in a radio in the spectrum radio again, I'm not an engineer. So yeah, I've never, if, if there is, I never knew that it was there. I use that servo in a, I remember in one of our enduro cars because I had it lying around and I knew we didn't need a high performance, you know, $150 servo. I just needed a metal geared servo. So anyways, so interesting. Yeah. But it turned into an online thing. It turned into a Facebook thing and it really frustrated me because, uh, then all the, all the trolls come out of the woodwork and start putting down our store and, with as many people as we have come into our store now, it's just a law of averages. We'll probably find a way to give somebody the wrong part or have somebody unsatisfied. But if you look at our, our reviews, it certainly doesn't happen very often. Right. I mean, stuff's going to happen, right? Right. You know, you go to O'Reilly's and get a part, you got to go back. It's like you always plan on two trips to the parts store, like one to go get a part and the second one to go get the right one. Right. You know, <laughs> the thing about our store, though, and, and our guys are trained because most of our parts are behind the counter. Like our guys are trained mm-hmm. to bring out a book and sh- and have people point at what they want. Like if they don't have the part number themselves, we, we bring out the book and we go, hey, show us what you need. Right. Right. Or like Arma stuff, for instance, I just go straight to the anytime. And even if I might know what that what it might be, I still double check everything because I don't want to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. But here's where things get tough. Let's say somebody comes in and they come up and say, I just need an arm for a slash. And we go, oh, okay, cool. And we go grab an arm for a slash and we give it to them. They look at it. They go, okay, thanks. And they go ring it out and then they go home. Then they come back like an hour later and say, you guys gave me the wrong part. Well, you were just here. You said arm for a slash. Yeah, I had a four by four slash. And I'm like, right. oh crap. Right. So I've tried to get our guys to say two wheel drive or four wheel drive. Yeah. You know, for any of these vehicles, I had somebody call me on the phone yesterday and he goes, um, Hey, I'm looking for a, a frame. He called it a frame first off, but a frame for a, a 10 scale outcast. And my instinct is, okay, I need to know which outcast it is. And I said, okay, is that the six S one or the four S one? And he goes, what do you mean? The the 6S1 is eight scale. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now I know which one you need. (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, the the 4S1 is big. It's still a big truck. Some people could call it a 10 scale. Some people could still call it an eight scale, you know? (sighs) So I don't know. There's instances in which we can make a mistake and, and definitely it's our fault. But a lot of times it's, it's, I think it's both people's faults. Yeah. You know, right. We've had people come in straight up and say with a part number and say, I need this. And then we got it and we were like, freaking cool. Here you go, man. And then they come back and they're like, with their fingers have said, you guys gave me the wrong part. And I'm like, dude, you asked for this part specifically by part number. Right. How is that our fault? You know? Mm -hmm. And then in some instances, you know, now we have to, when somebody calls up because we carry the 116 scale slashes, now we have to say, Hey, 10 scale or 16 scale. (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like which slash are we talking about? Because now there's three of them. Yeah. I mean, I just never understood why people get so upset about that stuff. Like, where's that going to get you? It's the arguing. I never got it so much here. I, I, so I've been working at Hobbyplex now for, for 16 years, since 2004, December of 2004. Mm-hmm. But I worked in Lincoln for a year, 
uh, when I was running the track. That was part of the deal down there was I would come down once or twice a week and work in the store. The rest of the time, it was my job to work on the Lincoln track. One of the things that always got me and why I was kind of fed up with driving all the way down to Lincoln and working all day and then coming around and driving all back, you know, for minimum wage, like six fifty an hour. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not complaining about that because I was just there to basically kill time. Didn't have a kid or anything like that. It's time. But it's people would argue with you. Like they would come in and ask you a question and then argue with you about the answer you give. Right. And that sucks. Like that's one of my, my pet peeves is, is if I'm, yeah. if I'm trying to problem solve something for you, if, if you come in and ask me a question, um, Hey, I got this speaking controller. I can't figure out what's wrong with it. And I go, okay, well, it could be a couple things. Let's figure it out. Uh, one of them could be, it just could be plugged in backwards. Oh, it's not plugged in backwards. I'm like, okay. And several times I've opened up that thing and sure enough, it's been plugged in backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and like I, I've, I've said to guys when I worked at the store, I mean, at least once they say, well, it sounds like you know more than I do. Right. Yeah. I've done that. <laughs> like as terrible as that is, like you get these, these guys that, uh, know everything about RC <laughs> because they're an ASC certified mechanic, allegedly. And, uh, I haven't done that in a long time, but I remember doing, there was this, uh, there was this kid and he had a leather jacket. I never seen him before. All I remember was that he had a leather jacket on like a legit Fonzie, like leather jacket. Hey, hey. Yeah. and he was asking me about something back in, um, I think it was about servos. Cause I think it's where we used to keep our servos or something like that. And he was asking me a question about it. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's this, this, this. And then he was just like, nope, nope, you're wrong. This is this, this, this. And after like the fourth time, I'm like, well, you clearly know more than I do. So I'm going to go over here. <laughs> just like walked away. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's seriously like, like if you've never seen clerks, you should watch that movie. Yes, but clerks is very important. It's seriously. Like, yeah. Like clerks if you work retail, like watch. at hobby town, like for as long as uh, Alex and I have, you should watch clerks because you will realize that you've had clerks moments like every day. Yeah. I hope it feels so good to be right. There's nothing more exhilarating than pointing out the shortcomings of others, is there? So I guess my point is there's easily 100,000 SKUs in our store, maybe more. So yeah, it's very easy. E- it's, it can be very easy to have a mix-up on our side or have a mix-up on their side. And we're, we're there to get people what they want and to get people to problem-solve. And to get people going again. And I think we do a really good job of that. But when you read some stuff and you're just like, this is not at all what we're about. It can kind of grow on you and and irritate you a little bit. Right. And I just, things have been so positive and so good for a while now that I just don't want to see that turn around in any way. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I'm legit about the whole three month thing though. Yeah. Absolutely. Ain't going to happen ever. I mean, nobody's going to listen to this guy. I mean, just, you know, some doofus. Oh. <laughs> uh, I could see military service being a required thing. Yeah. Even that I think would change a lot of, of, of people's minds and viewpoints and stuff. But I think there's such a, I think in this country, there's such a vast population and there's a lot of different feelings on the military that I think that that would be, that would be very difficult to accomplish. Yeah, probably. I think if you look at the populations in Finland and Israel and stuff. I think any time that you can get people that don't know each other uh, involved with one another and talking to each other and working together, it could be a positive. That's true. Yeah. Honestly, that, that's what I see coming from that. Anyways, uh, okay, this is probably a good spot to uh, take a moment and listen to uh, David Olson, Don Zoller, talk about their pivotlending.com. And now, a word from our sponsors. Yeah! This is a Pivot Lending Update with Dave Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. In my opinion, working with Pivot Lending, as opposed to maybe some of the other local financial institutions, well, first of all, we're open nights and weekends. So we're uh, maybe a current bank or even a credit union. They're not going to be around at 8 o'clock on a Sunday where Don's going to be available. That's huge, especially in a seller's market right now. 
In addition to that, we have the ability to shop around as far as the lowest interest rates and with our relationships in the credit union and community banking worlds, because we are underwriting and originating loans for them. If you are falling outside of the traditional conventional guidelines or FHA government guidelines, we can work with perhaps one of our, our partners to get a portfolio loan for you. So um, there's, there's quite a few different distinct uh, reasons, I think, that, that set us apart from our competition. To reemphasize what Dave said, working with Pivot Lending, you have the opportunity to have access to a lot more companies to um, be able to get the best rate. And then obviously, again, with what we do with a lot of the small banks and credit unions, the portfolio option is something that there really isn't another lender out there that I know of that offers that opportunity. If it's something that we can do, we definitely, we're going to get you into a loan. If you don't fit inside the, inside the box, we've got some out of the box options. That gives us a little bit more of an edge over some of our competitors. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109995. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. I also forgot to intro Pivot Lending as our title sponsor again. Sometimes I, I remember, and then sometimes I'm stupid and I want to get into stuff. I'm so hyped up about stuff that uh, yeah. that I want to get into it right away. It was the satellite hookup. Yeah, it was satellite hookup that screwed it up. But I am, look at me, I'm I'm proud of myself. I remembered today to uh, to grab the pivotlending.com hat. It's actually pretty comfortable, dude. Like, I'm a curved bill, old school hat person. I don't normally wear hats. I used to wear hats a lot when I was a kid and, yeah. uh, and I don't wear, I don't like wearing hats very much anymore, especially like you'll never see me with a hat on at the track because it gets so hot that I, I would never, it would bother me. It would actually irritate me. Right. I'm a flat bill snapback guy. Mm. The last time I wore a flat bill hat, there's a picture floating around of me. I think it was at Hadar, Nebraska. I think Jerry Doherty. Uh, took the picture and I think Emerson was like two or three years old, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was being clever. Might've been a TLR hat, I think, or something like that. Anyways, it was flat bill and I had it turned slightly to the side for some reason all day. <laughs> I uh, saw a guy is at a racetrack. He knocked his kid's hat off his hat on backwards and he knocked it off onto the ground and he said, wear your hat in the direction of your life. <laughs> or you're not gonna <laughs> or don't wear it. <laughs> See, I like wearing my hat backwards. I used to wear my hat backwards all the time. Yeah. Those weren't the exact words, but this is a family show. Right. So. Yeah. I used to wear my hat backwards all the time, uh, when I did mm -hmm. wear hats. Um, so I like the the closed back part of it just for wearing them backwards, but I don't really wear them backwards that often anymore, anyways. I'm forty one years old. You shouldn't wear a hat backwards. There should be like a like a date, like a age limit to where you can do that and get away with it. Yeah. There's a, who, who made that, uh, there's a comedy bit out there that has something where like, like there should be an age limit for the amount of bracelets that you can wear, uh, <laughs> as a man. And it was, yeah. and it was because Johnny Depp wears like five bracelets. Oh, he's more bracelets than arms. Yeah. The guy has a lot of arm accessories. Yeah. I used to wear, um, I used to wear an, uh, a necklace. I think my senior year in high school, I used to wear this little, this little thing around my neck for some reason. Yeah. Not really One sure things, why I did that. Yeah. I've never worn a necklace. You'd never catch me dead wearing a white hat. Yeah. They get filthy. I, I wouldn't Oof. be caught dead wearing a white hat. That's what I meant to say. No, not at all. What are you drinking? Just water. Oh, just water today. Water in an empty Gatorade bottle. Oh, hang on. I've been saving this. Hey, pass me a kickstart. I'm going to, I'm going to have a, I haven't had one of these in a while. I'm going to have a blue moon. Oh, I was going to say you're having oh. a beer. Yeah, I'll have a beer. Yeah. God, this week. So blue moon, if you're listening, give me some free beer or some money. Please pass. <laughs> We are thinking about, well, not thinking about, but eventually we're going to have a Patreon page uh, set up. I got to think about incentives, though. I don't know what we can do for an incentive. I don't know. Got an orange? 
no, just a can. Oh, okay. can. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like burp really loud afterwards. It's funnier that way. Um, no, I don't have any orange. Just a can. I got a can of it. I got cans. There, my neighbor had like these big screw top, uh, like twenty four ounce cans or something yeah. like that, and in a blue moon and i've never seen those anywhere before i don't know where he got them weird the winner is you want to get in some race results i know you weren't there but i'm sure did you look them over at all when you were out to see where we all finished i didn't didn't? (laughs) no i've been i've been working on the zuma and we had family in town on sunday and derek didn't come either so if that makes he didn't yeah oh I, i feel a lot better see i was all excited because i was like derek and will aren't here that means that's at least two spots for me. And it didn't turn out that way. It didn't turn out that way. They don't mean much for me right now. I haven't had anytime my stuff's been really good. I've squandered it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the night before I sprayed stay wet down again before I watered the track. Ooh, talk dirty to me. Yeah. And I also worked on the track. So Friday nighters, I love Friday nighters because those guys just show up and they race and it's mostly head to head. Plexbeck just runs a uh, um, straight up racing all night, mm-hmm. but there's such a menagerie. I love saying that word, a menagerie of different cars out there. So there's 10 scale and eight scale cars. There's truggies and buggies and short course trucks and all that stuff. Yeah, Friday night can be kind of hard on, on the track too. Is, is smathering the same word as menagerie? Smathering? Maybe. I don't know. We'll get the engineer on it. Yeah. <laughs> I went out there to throw some stay wet on it and then just water it. And then I looked at the track. I'm like, oof, this thing needs some work. So I very quickly went inside, grabbed the tamper, filled in a bunch of holes and tamped them out so that they were smooth. And then I refaced the first part of the option line that we have. So we've got this option line for those of you that haven't seen it on YouTube or anything like that. You can do a double triple, you can do a double double, or you can do a triple double. And Mm -hmm. I noticed the last two weeks of racing that um, the the run up to the jump, the first the first one had gotten pretty weird. So our track doesn't have a floor because it doesn't have a floor. We're at the mercy of the elements outside still. So over time, the track will will shift and move a little bit. And so the lead up to that jump had gotten kind of out of whack and it was really, really difficult to triple double it. It was sending your car off in a weird direction and all that stuff. So, so I filled in all that and smoothed that out. And then I took the tamper to the face of the jump and just went into it again to make the curve. Right. After I got that done, I messed with the first double, double at the end of the straightaway a little bit to make it a little bit better and just, just get the track, you know, not smoother, but at least like doable again, you know, I think it really helped the racing. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Then I, then I did the stay wet and then I watered the track and then I came back the next day. So that stuff now we didn't water the track once. Yes. On Saturday. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's beneficial to the whole program because you know, the grip levels higher. People are having a better time. The, you have to do less maintenance during the day. The line is racing. Yeah. The groove is wider so you can, you know, it's easier for people to drive on. Um, and it doesn't hold up the program 15 minutes or, you know, whatever, however long it is around to blow off the track and water. Yep. So it's kind of like a time savings benefit and time is money. So actually yeah. you could be saving money by using stay wet. Uh, we still, have to, we still have to blow the track off and we're, um, one of my next projects that I'm gonna try to do is take the two blowers that we can't use right now. Cause the batteries are like totally dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm going to crack those things open, find the positive negative leads and just mm-hmm. like hook up a couple two cells to them to make a four cell to make them work that way. It'll be cheaper for us, I think, because I, I went and looked at batteries. So those things are like 120 bucks for a battery. OCRC used to do that. Yeah. No, they have uh, like venom packs and all their stuff. Yeah, you should uh, email like ProTech or uh, Venom or Reedy or something and see if you can get them to give us batteries for our blowers. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be bad to the bone, man. Yep. So the track was really good again. There's starting to be consensus now where you're starting to see people swing back, at least in J Concepts compound, back to gold. No, I no- I noticed that uh, when we raced, uh, when I raced the last time, it was like the track totally flipped where the... <sighs> It, it was like so hyper grooved that the silver compound. Well, just, and here's the thing like, about that. 
that I want everybody to know, and I want to make this very, very clear. I did not intend for anything like that to happen. That's not why I started using Say What Again. So it's not for anybody's benefit or anything like that race-wise. I think the results, I think the results speak for themselves that it wasn't for me. Okay. There was somebody that said that, why did Alex do that? Like now the track only takes gold and we've been running silver. I said, cause Alex is going to be silver compounds. <laughs> 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 did somebody say something? I was kidding. Like we all started laughing. I said, Alex is going to silver tire. Not to my face, not to my face, oh. but, but <laughs> I did it. I started using it again because I noticed that as the heat got hotter outside and the humidity got weird again, that the, the track was not taking moisture and it was drying out on the very top layer, but you could still walk on it and it was wet underneath. Right. And what that does is, is it makes the jumps crumble. So it's, yeah. it's, so it's more work for me. So in that way I'm do I try, I was doing that basically to try to make my life a little bit easier and mm-hmm. not have to maintenance the damn track all the time because the, yeah. the you go look at it, the track gets this, cr- it's not just one big crack. There's a whole bunch of little tiny cracks and as soon as you get a car to hit it in the divot, right. Or whatever, it breaks apart, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the main reason why I, I tried to use it again. And then that last week, the track got so good by the main, I was like, well, crap. Okay. Let's yeah. do, let's, let's stay on it. You know, I'm going to try to stay on it. Just so everybody knows, Alex has no idea what's going to work and not work. No, I obviously. Really Cause he usually just copies whatever I'm doing. That's for time. So, <laughs> so, so, so something is different on the tire game. Alex don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. <laughs> no clue. Well, anyways, thanks for clearing that up for me. Yeah, no, no problem. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. Like I, I said that as a joke, <laughs> Like maybe somebody didn't realize I was joking. Cause we all laughed about it. Yeah. Whatever. The feedback has been mostly positive. There wasn't even any negative feedback. It was just like, well, crap, I brought all these tires, but I think silver compound was still okay. It just, it, I just, it seemed like golds all of a sudden were back to what we always have had there, I guess. I honestly don't care what, what compound we run as long as the J concepts tire works. And as long as we know what we're going to run, you know, I'm glad that we did it now for club racing to see what it's going to do before a summer series. And you, yeah do all the prep work and stuff on a compound of tires and you're all planned out. And that might be all you order and you show up to race and then your tires don't work. That's like the worst, but how can you predict? You, you can never predict any of that stuff. Yeah. I, th- I think from, from the J concept standpoint, you should always bring silvers and golds if you got them. Yeah, I always do. I always try to have a set of each um, or I mean two sets of each. Yeah. But. So, uh, we'll get into race results real fast. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. 13, 13, five, four drive B main had for the day. It had 15 cars. Really good turnout. Wow. I was your TQ. The B main last week's B main bumpers, Joe Snows and Rod case didn't make the bump this time in that class. But if you watch the video, all these guys were right in it till the very end. Really Jake Wilkening had this bright orange car. You can see he was your BQ. He fell back early and then he came back to get it. And he, I think he ended up winning it by almost nine seconds. And then Kevin Lisak showed up with uh, brand new bodies and he painted his wing. His wing looks enormous, even though it's the same size wing as everybody else. But the way he's got it painted, it looked like a Tamiya Avante with this huge wing on the back of it. Oh, that's cool. But it wasn't. It was an actual, he showed it to me as an actual wing. He just didn't have the, he left the wicker in it too painted oh yeah so it it looked huge on there so is it like a full-size like new wing with all the like all everything around it it's just like a big like a bathtub yeah basically (laughs) so your bumpers were jake and kevin and then it was uh joe rod ronnie tj and josiah tj debuted his brand new 22x4 that his uncle got for him and uh and josiah josiah was having electronic issues all day finally got a chance to run it was weird because we uh, basically his car was running backwards. No matter what we did, we narrowed it down to mm-hmm. the motor. We switched out his motor. All of a sudden, it worked. So I don't know. Wow. We figured it out. And then if you go to uh, the mod two wheel drive B main, so Emerson Sturgeon won the B. James Nelson got second in this one. 
Owen Vanderbeek got third, Mitchell Pavel fourth, and Jason Manley came out of nowhere. And dude, I felt like such a such a dummy because I couldn't remember his last name. Uh oh. And I hate that. That's like the worst, dude. I, it's the worst. I actually called him by a different last name, and then I figured out that the last name I had given him was the guy who who runs the Buyers Club. Oh, Jason Swanson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so I was like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's like the the worst the the worst feeling because Jason's such a nice guy. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> he remembers everybody's name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is though, is I'm terrible with names. I'm really good with faces, terrible with names. But if you if you race every week and I plug you into the computer, I'll remember your name. Yeah. I'm just I'm not beyond that, I'm not very good at that. I never have been. But I, I see a face from like elementary school. I'll be like, hey, I know you. And mm-hmm. my wife will be like, you know everybody. And I'm like, no, I don't know everybody. I just, Omaha's not that big of a town, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Emerson was on slicks all day. Oh, I believe it. I actually have a set of octagons here I want to try. Yep. He ran octagon beers and, and uh, space, bar, space, space bar slick fronts. Did he really run octagons in the rear? Yep. Huh. Maybe I'm on to something. Here. It was his choice. <laughs> you know, what I liked about it, what I liked about Saturday was we had talked about it. He's like, don't, don't we still have a set of slicks? Cause last week I think it was, yeah, it was last Saturday after racing. He ran his front slicks and he's like, dad, these, these work really good. And I'm like, really? Okay. Well we have slicks at home. You can try them. And so that morning he tried them and he's like, I'm totally going to race on slicks today. I'm like, yeah. are you sure? I'm like, cause I've got, and I made a new set of, of, um, of a lips dirt web combo for him and had him go break him in, but he stuck to it, man. He stuck to it. First qualifier. I was marshalling for him. His first lap looked amazing and he was in the lead. And then he just, he wrecked a lot because he couldn't really? keep it in the line. The one thing that I noticed about him running slicks was as soon as he got out of the groove at all, mm-hmm. he lost tons of time and his car was hard to drive. Yeah. And I kept telling him, I'm like, dude, you're blowing every single corner. If you could stay tight and, and actually be in line, I think your tires are money. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but he ran, uh, he ran octagon rears, gold compound. Nice. Expert stock B main. I think I split this six and six so that we had a good amount of marshals and all that stuff. And it was, uh, Bradley Peterson who was a BQ and then Jake Wilkening qualified second. Only difference in positions in this one was uh, Phil Palmer and Kevin Lisak. They both swapped fourth and fifth, but other than that, the lineup was exactly how it started. So Jake got another bump. That was pretty cool. Okay, so Plexpec A-Main. Officially, Jace McCormick won this one. I put Josiah Roby in the Plex main just because he 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 broke out again in the lower main, and he I was like, well, you he missed two heats, and then he broke in the main. I'm like, you can just run one more. Unofficially, Josiah won by a lap, but he already ran expert four-wheel drive, so I didn't count him. Brady Papanow came again and uh, finished second this time. And then Josh Ryan finished third. And then Grant Lizenby um, was driving TJ Williams uh, 22-4 that they're trying Ooh. to sell. But instead of burning it with fire, they gave it to Grant to drive. <laughs> and uh, and he did okay with it. By the way, Bert, the track dog, made an appearance today or on Saturday. He got found? He got found. Where was he? That's important. We need to talk about this. I um, meant to bring it up last week and yeah. I forgot. Okay. So was it Tuesday? I think TJ came out to practice a little bit on Tuesday. So I'm watering the track and I look down and I get a ping and it's messenger and it's Andy. And he goes, Hey, we found Bert. And I was like, Oh my God. Cause Bert, the track dog is this cute little Boston terrier. That's super mm-hmm. nice, but he's a chicken. It was just bizarre that he would just run away. It's not, it's not this dog's mentality. Mentality. Yeah. yeah. So Here's the story, and you tell me if you believe this story or not. The people sure. that turned him in to the Fremont, which is a small town uh, north, right. northwest of us, to the Fremont mm. Humane Society, said that Bert the track dog, air quotes, jumped in their car. Oh, they totally stole that at dog. At Hobby Town, and they didn't mm. know what to do with it. Now, any regular person who had a dog at an event where there's loads of people there jump in their car randomly out of nowhere. Wouldn't they go, huh? Maybe I should go in and find out whose dog this is. If they were really concerned about it. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, come on, that didn't happen. 
See, when I was telling my wife about that, she yeah. was like, oh, what kind of dog was it? And I was like, it's a Boston Terrier. And she was like, oh, that dog probably got stolen. I was like, what? People steal dogs? It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. if it's a rare dog. I, I didn't even know that was a thing to steal a dog. Like, yeah. Like, stealing a family member. Yeah. So, so they, anyway, yeah, that's, that's what she said. Here's what I'm hoping happened. What I'm hoping happened is whoever did this uh, saw on Lost Dogs of Omaha or whatever it was that not only was Bert the track dog a sweetheart of a dog, but he's also like a, um, like a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. Like he's Andy's therapy dog. Right. Right. So they took this dude's best friend basically, you mm-hmm. know? So I hope they felt just horrible and just were like, well, we need to find somewhere to put this dog where maybe it can get found without having fingers pointed at us or whatever. I mean, it had tags, right? No, no, no. It didn't have like a, didn't have a like- collar. This is my phone number. Yeah, and he's oh. not he's not chipped. But the thing is, is he's a lap dog, dude. Like he he yeah. hardly ever leaves anybody's side. Yeah. When he's when he's running around at the plex, he's scared out of his wits until somebody goes somebody like me who he kinda he kinda knows me a little bit will go, mm-hmm. Come here, Bert, and then I'll pick him up and hold him and he's like he's like shaking and shivering because he's freaked out about everybody. Hmm. That's horrible. Well, I mean it's great that they found him, but or they got him back. He also pees. So yeah. here's the other thing I, I, I think might have I, happened. I was I was just going to say that. Hopefully it was so annoying. <laughs> the other thing that happens is he pees. So uh, there's been a couple times where everybody's just surrounded him and he's just been like, ah, ah blue screen. And then he just pees everywhere. So yeah. uh, hopefully either, either they felt really bad or the dog just pissed everywhere. And they were like, we got to get rid of this dog. We, this is the wrong mm-hmm. dog to take. So yeah. anyways, Bert the track dog's back. He made, they brought him at the end of the night. And, uh, we all said hi to him and petted him and he was, he seemed pretty happy dog. So that's great. They got him back though. Yeah. I saw that. Like I was devastated. Have you seen me? Like, I was devastated. You know, like, yeah. I, I was like, no way. And then I think it was, uh, Jackson that told me about it. Yeah. That made Saturday really awesome. Yeah. And was, uh, was knowing that we kind of, we kind of announced that everybody's, everybody's pretty happy. Stock truck. Uh, so this, so last week it was, it was Wade and Chance that were kind of going back and forth there by themselves. This week we actually had five stock trucks altogether or 13, five truck, I guess. Chance uh, qualified second, but won the race. Wade Gearing got second. Ashley McCormick got third. TJ got fourth and Darren Schmidt got fifth. Ashley had this one until about the last minute. And what had happened this week that I noticed was Wade set TQ on like the last 45 seconds of the race. So they started off slow, but it seemed like Wade and chance got faster while everybody else got slower. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happened in this race. So McCormick got the lead and held it and actually pulled away for a little while. And then all of a sudden both Wade and chance reeled him in. And then there's a little bit of contact here and there. And, uh, Ashley ended up on the wrong side of the top doubles where it, you know, our elevation change has it downhill. So if you end up on that, you got to wait. So, you know, so he had to give up a spot there. So in the end, chance ended up winning by like three seconds. So interesting to see how that's going to work out in two weeks when we're back for the summer series, we'll probably have two heats the way things are looking, maybe more. I might be surprised, but you never know. 13, five, four wheel drive was a doozy. I got video of this one. I'm going to try to post it later. I ran this one again for club racing. Like I said, I, I, I kind of want to run my car for club racing. You won't see me running this class to the summer series though, but it was fun. I did a lot better this week in qualifying than I did last week. David Peevler qualified second. Owen Vanderbeek qualified third. The way it ended up working out was it was me taking the win, but at like lap three, I was in fifth, I think. <laughs> so, uh, the first lap, my car for whatever reason, I don't know what happened. And I, I haven't, I haven't even looked at it yet, but I had to like hit my, use my thumb to recenter my servo. Mm-hmm. So I thought I had it centered. Right. Cause you know, how you drive your car. Sometimes you're like, Oh, and you click it once or twice. Yeah. So I thought I had it centered. Well, as soon as we gave the gas and I came up to the, to the, to the doubles, all of a sudden my car wanted to turn right for no reason. Hmm. And I was like, uh Oh. And so I uh, came into the next one, which is a right turn. And I almost turned into early. So I gave up a spot right away to David. And then if you watch the video, I pulled way out of the race line because I had to very quickly like recenter the servo a little bit with my thumb. So I gave up like two more spots 
right off the bat mm. because my car wasn't tracking straight. I don't know what I did. What servo is it? My ProTech 160T. Good servo. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's the servo's fault. I think I might look at the saver or not the saver. Good Lord. I might look at, oh, 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 I did figure out what happened. No, I was, I was, uh, God, what was I doing the other night? Oh, I was putting my new body on and 22 X four is putting my new body on. And I noticed that the, the steering rack one side was loose. The servo had come out of the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's exactly oh. what happened now that it's, yes, that's exactly why. So I, I, I re-thread locked it and retightened it. Now it should be good for next time, but that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. That's why it was, that's why it was, it was, it was wonky. So anyways, so once I got it kind of recentered, then I kind of joined the race again. The craziest thing happened again. I'm going to post this video. It's a really good video to watch because I'm in fifth. There's a huge pile up in front of me after the tabletop. We all go on the straightaway. A couple cars bounce off the inside pipe. I get around them. David comes around. David bounces off a pipe. I get around him. There's a massive pile up behind me. So I went in one lap. I went from fifth to about a straightaway and a half lead. Because oh, all, wow. all nine cars were basically together and they were all just, just basically playing tag the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I got away. So wow. I snuck one out. I probably could have been in that mess too, if I would have driven any worse. But uh, John Kinzer came from the fifth position to get second. Owen Vanderbeek got a third. So he got a plex buck to give to his dad. Peebler ended up fourth. Chance ended up fifth. Jake Wilkening from the bump spot moved all the way up to sixth. And he was actually, I think in second for quite a long time. Again, this was a huge mess of cars back there. Bradley got seventh. Jackson Anderson finished eighth. Corey Tannehill got ninth. And Kevin Lisak got 10th. I heard Jackson, uh, as I was walking off the stand, come up to Corey and go, sorry, I plowed three over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Corey was just like, that's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Stock buggy expert, Wade Gehring, TQ'd in one. David Peevler qualified second, finished second. They actually had a pretty good race. I think the gap was wide at one point, like four or five seconds, but it got shrunk down. It's just a, it was just running out of time for mm-hmm. David. David's got some motor, man. On the back oh, straight, yeah. like he can close up on just about anybody. But this was the kind of a story of one of the stories of the day was Easton McCormick. TQ'd in one independent last week. He TQ'd round one. Then he beat his TQ in round two. And then he won start to finish in independent. He finished third. Qualified fourth, fourth and finished third. That's cool. And he was only three seconds off of David Peebler. What's cool about watching him drive is his car doesn't look fast. He's one of those where his car does not look fast at all, but it is. But his mm-hmm. car is in the same spot every single lap. Nice. Almost the exact same spot all the time. Kinzer, John Kinzer uh, finished fourth. Jake Wilkening, again, another good finish. Uh, he qualified eighth, finished fifth. Bradley Peterson. Bradley finished sixth. Corey Tannehill finished seventh. And uh, Nick Pavel finished eighth. Uh, on Friday night, they kept calling Nick Pavel Mitchell Pavel because Nick is running Mitchell's body on his car. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know if I do that, Nick. <laughs> Might as well just put a bullseye on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Mod Buggy. So Mod Buggy, Tom Rinderneck graduated. I think he had a graduation ceremony. So mm-hmm. Rinderneck wasn't here this week. Um, Vanderbeek came, though. I actually TQ'd the first round. My low C car I thought was working pretty good. It wasn't the fastest. If you compare it to previous weeks, it wasn't like a really fast time or anything, but I was very consistent. I had really, mm-hmm. very high consistency. The second round, I put down the exact same pace. It was, a, I remember it was a 16 at 612. But Vanderbeek got TQ the second round. Then he just sort of drove away from everybody. He had 11 second lead. Aiden Olson finished, qualified second. He also finished ahead of, uh, or qualified ahead of me. And, uh, and stayed there. If you watch the, vi- I've watched the video on my phone a few times and, and they were just kind of on their own level for this one. Ethan Delaire, who really struggled last week, did not struggle this week. He qualified fourth and finished third. Mac Vanderbeek came uh, with his kids and raced mod this week. He qualified fifth and finished fourth. James Nelson qualified eighth, finished fifth. Ashley McCormick uh, qualified sixth and that's where he stayed. Emerson was seventh. And then I pulled off three laps left to go in the eighth spot hmm. because I didn't want to do anything stupid in my car. What position were you in when you pulled off? I was in sixth hmm. at the start of the race. I was in third and then I quickly fell to sixth and then I was all the way back up to fourth. And then I just struggled. I wasn't, I wasn't a happy camper. My car 
Alex is running an associated car. His car is always good. Aiden Olson is our local TLR kid. Um, what I'm hoping happens is when we have our big race that we can't announce yet, but I just got word that eventually when it is, we'll have it announced on the show. What I'm hoping is that Aiden is able to kind of expose his talents. He's been to the Reedy race. So, you know, so he's already kind of been around the RC hierarchy, I guess, but it'd be nice to see him get a good finish at one of these larger events so he can get more known. Cause when I talked to uh, Thomas about uh, some TLR stuff a while back, you know, he was asking about certain guys and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh yeah, you got Aiden Olson here. He almost went who he was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Aiden. And I'm like, yeah, you'll, you'll know who he is here soon. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm hoping because he can put one together like he did, you know, Saturday. He was, he was up there qualified actually pretty close to Alex. Really? Again, Ethan had a good day. Mac moved up of a spot. There was a battle back there between me, Ethan, Mac and Ashley McCormick for that third spot for a little while. It was fun, but every single time that, that one of us would, would bounce off one another or, or like in my case, just make a stupid mistake. I'm just seeing that yellow car of Alex's creep closer and closer as he's getting ready to lap us. Mm -hmm. Cause everything was so good. Like two weeks ago, I even spent some time on my car on Tuesday night after crawling because Tuesdays are a crawler night working on my car. And I thought I felt that I had my car kind of figured out. And right. the first qualifier, I was pretty confident, didn't crash, put down a good time. The second qualifier, I did crash, but I put down the same time. And then in the main, it just went <laughs> so inconsistent. Mm -hmm. It was, it was like the car was so unbalanced that it was hard to drive and it crashed a lot. Emerson has now started a tally count <laughs> in his pit of uh, times he's beaten dad. And so he gets to put down another one because of Saturday. Cause he did finish in front of me. That's fine. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, last one, independent buggy. What was nice about this week's independent buggy was these guys were all just regular people. You know, there can be some unsponsored guys that can be legitimately fast enough to win expert that by our rules could still run independent like Wade, but ways Wade has kind of decided not to do that. He's just going to run expert. So Jerry Doherty came down from, uh, from Norfolk and, uh, ended up, uh, TQing and winning Phil Palmer finished second. Jana Peevler got a third and Parker Gehring got a fourth. And what I remember about this race was they were, they were battling back and forth for that third spot for a little while. So a couple of those young kids that raced, um, Plex spec and independent in last year's summer series. And then in the syndicate in the independent buggy, they're still going at it here on dirt. So that's pretty cool. Ronnie went finished fifth, uh, Darren Smith finished sixth, Max Doherty finished uh, seventh and TJ Williams finished eighth. And that pretty much wraps up the day. Overall, we had 58 entries, 37 drivers. We started, we always start at one I think uh, round one, we were done at almost exactly three o'clock. And then round two, we were done at like four fifty or something like that. And then I think huh. we were done and out of there before seven. So it was a really good day. And now we get a week off. Now we get to go blow stuff up for July 4th. And then uh, we'll be back for a summer series. I'm going to make some changes to the track. The first thing I'm going to do is put the box scraper on the, on the tractor and try to clean up that straightaway. It's pretty bumpy. Nice. It's pretty bumpy back there. Yeah. And then that downhill. So you know how you come, there's <laughs> the, you come up by the bleachers and then you go down mm -hmm. right there. It's really bumpy there and it has been, but it's just kind oh, of yeah. something we've dealt with. Well, I'm going to take the box scraper to that too. And I think with the dirt that I peel up from doing that, from smoothing all those sections out, I think I should have enough dirt to put like a little inside berm at the very bottom of that hill. Oh, that'd be cool. Wouldn't that be kind of neat? Yeah, it would cool. be. And then uh, a couple more changes, but uh, I'll keep those tight to the vest for now. You have to see the pictures. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you have one? Uh, there was a question on here. Uh, should I get a notorious outcast notorious slash outcast or a max. I, I guess you deal more with that thing or with that sort of thing than I do. So we have had, so we're, we're pretty big armor store nowadays. Um, we carry a, a, a very large inventory of Traxxas and a very large inventory of, of Arma. I would say either one would be fine. I personally think 
that the Traxxas Max between those two cars is actually a little bit easier to work on if you break it mm-hmm. than the Outcast. Uh, yeah. The Outcast 4S and Creighton 4S versions use the same plastic chassis as the Granite and the Centon. So it has this like weird, it's not weird. It's just a different design where you got to basically prime apart. And if it's the first time you're ever doing that, it's a huge pain in the butt. You got to like yeah. wedge stuff in there and, and use a, like almost like a screwdriver to kind of like unwedge it to come out. So there's a little bit more stuff in the way to get to things that break on the 4S versions. The 6S versions are basically just big eight scales truckies. Mm-hmm. So they're not yeah. too terrible, but a max is pretty easy. I got to give Traxxas some props on the designs of their most modern cars, including the X-Max, the Max, the Slash 4x4, the Rustler 4x4. They have a very modular design and they're very, very easy to work on. Just from the outside looking in, I think that you'd probably have... There's more stuff to do with the Traxxas vehicle as far as upgrades go and things like that. Yeah. You know, and their their upgrade stuff is so streamlined, like... Armor's catching you, up. You're going to have a, yeah. I mean, you're going to have a good experience, you know, either way you're going to, you're going to be yeah. happy. The outcast success that I confiscated for a little while to do the house jump. Mm-hmm. That thing is a blast to drive, dude. I think, uh, uh, it's July 4th on Saturday. So we close at six. So we'll have some time to, to hang out and do stuff before people really start blowing stuff up. We're going to take Emerson's new uh, GoPro eight up to take good video from with our drone. That'd be cool. And then, um, I want to get my outcast success going and I want to pull out the jump and I want to jump, I want to jump some stuff because all the, all the neighbors are going to be outside. So it's a perfect time right. to, to kind of show off a little bit. So you, you should like put fireworks on it. <laughs> we should like figure out how long a fuse you need to, and how long it takes to get to the ramp and where it's going to oh jump gosh. off and put fireworks Dude, on it. That's a great idea. What if I get that? <laughs> No, you could get the, um, uh, Proline makes this basher body. That's super hard. You know what I'm talking about? Those white bash bodies. Yeah. I bet you could explode a firework on that and it wouldn't hurt it at all. Yeah. That's a great idea. Fireworks. <laughs> Dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah. You could like hit the house jump. This would make a good YouTube video. You hit yeah, the house jump with, with like a pack of, of black cats on it. Yeah. That'd be cool. So it just goes pop, 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 pop as you're doing it over. Oh my gosh. That'd be sick. I was thinking more of like artillery shells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or something like, like you just like tape a bunch of them to the outside of it and have like a 10 foot long fuse and light it and take off. I'd be up for that, except that I actually don't own the truck. Technically, oh. the store does. Yeah. And so that means that the owner does. So I wouldn't want to like have something go drastically wrong where it were a. a yeah. Uh, artillery shell actually like literally explodes a car. Right. If it was my personal car, I'd be all for it. Why not? Yeah. You should just wrap that thing in black cat. Yeah. Like a, one of those well, black, I don't think cat black cats would hurt thing. it at all. I think it would just be a cool visual. All right. So uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. I really enjoy these, uh, these talks. We're not going to do a podcast next week. I'm going to take Monday off. Uh, enjoy the holiday. Don't forget. This show is brought to you by pivot lending group. You can find me at pivotlending.com If you mention this show, and you're in need of a home loan or refinance, something like that, uh, you mentioned the show, you can get your choice of either $500 lending credit or a 0.125 off of your interest rate, which is a pretty big deal. So, um, yeah, I'd go with the interest rate always. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys a lot, uh, tuning in on the, on the YouTube and then also, uh, uh, getting on our podcast and thanks to webberize.com for hooking us up with the podcast. If you guys are interested in the podcast, uh, realm, uh, definitely should, um, uh, email, uh, and, and get a show up, make your voice heard. All right, Will, I'll see you later. See you on the flip flop. Nice.